0: to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. That we would be strengthened by His Spirit in the inner man. And then in verse 20 of the same chapter, skip down to verse 20 and it says, Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think." According to the power that worketh in us. Verse 16 said we'd be strengthened by his spirit, the Holy Spirit in the inner man. And the Bible says in verse 20, the power that works in us is the same power that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many are thankful for the power of God's Spirit? Praise the Lord. Today, I want to preach with the help of the Lord. With your help also, I want to preach very simply by His Spirit through my Spirit. By His Spirit through my Spirit. I need to tell you today that the great work that God's going to do in this last day is going to be done through human beings that have God's Spirit working through them. If you're waiting for God to reincarnate Himself in the flesh and show up and show His might and His glory, you're going to be waiting for a long time because God's plan is that His Spirit would do a work through our spirit when we would link up to Him and let His Spirit flow through us. Praise the Lord. Let's thank the Lord for His goodness. Jesus, we thank You for Your power. We thank you for your anointing and your glory, Jesus. Thank you for the word of the Lord, God, that's able to change and transform us, Lord. And I thank you for your spirit, Jesus. I pray today, Lord, God, that you would allow your will to be done and accomplished in this place. And we promise to give you the glory and the honor and the praise. And everybody said amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you and you may be seated. One thing I can tell you, Life Church, is that the enemy is unhappy with us. The devil is not pleased that we are moving forward as a church, seeking to reach that new level in Christ Jesus in our personal lives and as a church. Whenever there is motion or movement by the kingdom of God, there is going to be a response from the kingdom or the spiritual darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. We are not fighting a physical battle when it comes to building a new church building. There are many physical things that we need. We need contractors. We need finances. We need building materials. These are physical things, but the reality is this is a battle of the spirit. This is spiritual warfare. In this area, there are spirits that are set up to resist a forward motion Of God's kingdom and God's people if you don't believe that then you're not walking in the spirit like I'm walking in the spirit If you don't understand and recognize that then your eyes are closed and you're very obtuse spiritually There is a spiritual attack that is being launched and church if we try to fight the spirit with the flesh We're going to lose every single time. Somewhere along the way, kingdom of God, we need to learn that it's by God's might and by God's spirit uh, that the victory is going to be won. When you look throughout the Old Testament, you find out that God's people, the children of Israel, which is a type of the church of today, were always finding themselves locked in conflict, uh, Within themselves occasionally And then with outside forces uh, Armies and even uh, forces of nature That seem to foment themselves against God's people It always seems as you read the passages of Scripture And look at hindsight of the stories Of what happened uh, 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 to Israel in the Old Testament It always seems uh, like the children of Israel Ended up with an unfair advantage Even though they may have had inferior numbers When they went into battle Even though their armaments may have been inferior, perhaps they had less horses and less chariots uh, and less swordsmen and less bows and arrows. Uh, The odds would be stacked against them, but then something would begin to happen. Things would begin to change. Uh, The battle would begin to shift uh, because the Spirit of the Lord would step in and begin to fight in their behalf. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says God would step in and make up the gap. God would step in and make up the difference. God would turn the enemy against themselves. They would slaughter one another without realizing what was happening. The children of Israel would stumble out onto the battle to see that God had already won the battle. See, the Bible lets us know that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, uh, saith the Lord of hosts. uh, uh, Zechariah 4 and 6, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And in Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 9, the word of God says, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him the time I got out of bed this morning I knew the devil wanted to take control of this service from the time I walked into this church building and the music instruments wouldn't start and the stand fell over and broke we had problems with the technical aspect of trying to pull this service off I know that the enemy wants to keep a clamp on what God wants to do in this service today because the spirit of the Lord if we would understand and release God's power into the atmosphere it is limitless what can transpire Life Church, you've been walking in the flesh too long We've been trusting on the arm of the flesh too long We've been trusting our wisdom, our intuitiveness, our cleverness long enough We need to realize that if God's going to make a difference in Pasadena We're going to have to get our flesh out of the way And let God arise and let His enemies be scattered In the Old Testament, David was a man after God's own heart We see that he had God's favor upon him because there were certain things that he understood. Not that he was the smartest person that ever lived, but there were certain important things that he understood. The one thing that I found about David in the Word of God is that from the time he was a boy, he knew how to trust in God's Spirit. He knew that there was an unseen power that could make a difference. Maybe you wouldn't see what was happening. Maybe you wouldn't see the evidence thereof. But somewhere in the invisible realm of the Spirit, there was an Holy Spirit that possessed all power in heaven and in earth. And with his limited understanding and his limited grasp of Scripture, a young man named David stood up and said to a man named Goliath, who had every advantage over him, he said to Goliath, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. See, David understood something that we forget sometimes. That the battle's not ours, but the battle is the Lord's. That God didn't, we're not building a church, but God's building a church and using us. This isn't our church, this is God's church. Come on now. This isn't our calling, this is God's calling that He's put upon us. And we need to understand, greater is He that's inside of us than he that is in the world. And no weapon formed against us will prosper. Psalms chapter 68, verse 1 through 3, says a psalm of David. Here's what David had to say. He said, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. I just see a bunch of enemies lined up. David says, I see the enemy. I can lock my battalion against their battalion. And we can wage warfare. But I say, let God arise and let the enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. David understood that the battle was the Lord's. David understood that if God would arise, if the Spirit would be released, if God would be allowed to do what He wanted to do, there would be no effort of the enemy that would be successful. Come on, I can see right now I need to preach some faith into this house. Some of you have gotten to believe your problem. Some of you have listened to the enemy too closely. Some of you have studied all the statistics as to why you're not going forward. And why God's not going to accomplish what he's promised. I need to remind you that you serve a God who is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. See, we talked about it Wednesday night. The Apostle Paul was trying to get a point across. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you're able to ask or think. See, it would have been enough for the Apostle Paul to say, unto him who is able to do all that you're able to ask or think. That'd be cool, huh? I would realize that God's powerful then, but he takes it a step further says he's a god who's able to do above all you're able to ask or think that means you stretch your imagination to the max and god's able to do above everything you can ask or think but he said that's not enough let's say abundantly above abundance means just a profusion innumerable uncountable abundantly above all you're able to ask or think amen Come on, I think that adverb's sufficient. But Paul says, not enough. Got to get my point across. Because he's able to do exceeding abundantly. Above all you're able to ask or think. You serve a mighty God. His name is Jesus. He has all power. Not just part of the power, but all power in heaven and in earth. I wonder if there's somebody that can praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords today. In the Old Testament, we see from time to time, there was tension. Tension amongst God's people as to whether they ought to trust in God, trust in the Spirit of the Lord, or trust in the arm of the flesh. See, here's the problem. When God blesses us, when we experience successes, when we see his hand at work, it's so easy for human beings to become a little prideful. To begin to recognize, well, look look what we've done here. We've had some success. Look what we've done. I've got my finances in order. Look what we've done. My kids are doing better. Look what's happening. And we begin to trust in our own intuitiveness and wisdom and strength rather than giving glory to the God who was the one who made it happen in the first place. There is this eternal tension that exists. A tug of war, if you would. This tug of war is in our spirit and in our mind. The tug of war is, do I trust in God and let Him fight my battle? Or do I trust my flesh and my ability and my brain power and my wisdom and my intuition and my will and my emotions to make it happen? It is a tug of war. Come on. That happened in the Old Testament. Psalms chapter 20 verse 6 says, Now know I that the Lord saveth His anointed. He will hear Him and from His holy heaven with the saving strength of His right hand. Verse 7. Some trust in chariots, and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. On one hand, there are some that are trusting in horses and chariots, things that are physical, things that they can control, things that they understand in the physical realm. But on the other side of the tug of war, there is tension between those that say, I'm going to trust in the name of the Lord our God and the spirit that's represented by this powerful name. Isaiah chapter 31 and 1 in the New Living Translation, it says, What sorrow! Awaits those who look to Egypt for help, trusting their horses, chariots, and charioteers, and depending on the strength of human armies, instead of looking to the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, church. The Spirit of God got a hold of me this week and knocked me around like a rag doll. Said, let me have your attention, Pastor. This is not your church. This is not your work. If you want to do it, go ahead and see what you can accomplish. But I'm wanting to remind you, and I want you to remind the people, the battle's not yours, it's the Lord. So let God arise. Let His enemies be scattered. Get out of the way. Move your flesh out of the way. And let the Spirit of the Lord move and do in these last days. What he wants to do because if we want to trust in horses and chariots and charioteers and a vast army if we want to trust in our ingenuity and our financial resources and what we have then we're going to be a person who ends up on the wrong end of the stick on the wrong end of history but there's on the other side of the tug of war in this tension something inside of me that says trust in God believe in God you do what you can but understand that all power is belonging to the Lord he's the one that possesses all he's He's the one that holds all in his hands. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. The tension still exists. The tension still exists in the New Testament church. Let's move forward from the days of King David to 2008. The tension still exists. Do we trust in our abilities or do we trust in the spirit of God? Do we trust what we can do, or do we trust what God can do? Please understand, I'm not advocating some passive approach to life where you just kind of lay on your bed and say, let God work it all out. I believe in hard work and ambition and endeavors, but I also believe that if I focus too much on the outer man, the inner man becomes trapped. Come on, you're going to get the point here in a minute. If I focus too much on my wisdom and my ability, and my strength, and my resources, then the inner man becomes trapped. And I want to remind you that the treasure is not your brain. Your brain's a dime a dozen. We could kick it out and put a new one in. It might even work better. But what the treasure is is what God put on the inside. It is your spirit. It's the part of you that connects to the ever-living God. In the church world today, it is becoming increasingly less popular to have church services that are led by the Spirit. Church services where the Holy Spirit is allowed to do His work in our midst. See, the problem with the Holy Spirit is it can't be programmed. The problem with the Holy Spirit is we can't stick it into our agenda. The problem with the Holy Spirit is that we can't control it. The problem with the Holy Spirit... Is nobody thinks, wow, he's a smart guy when the Holy Spirit begins to move. The problem with the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit begins to move, nobody can say, wow, what a sermon that was. The problem with the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit begins to move, nobody can say, wow, those musicians are awesome. The problem with the Holy Spirit is when the Spirit of God begins to move, only God gets the glory. So you walk into buildings that are called churches and hear men pontificate on the Word of God, showing us how smart and clever and insightful that they are. But never is the Spirit of the Lord allowed to move. You listen to music that is beautifully crafted And wonderfully executed But never is the spirit of the Lord Allowed to move Why? Because it's easier to trust in the arm of the flesh See, and it's easier Just to trust in our abilities And what we can accomplish But a true church That's gotten out people from the devil's hell And putting them into the kingdom of God Is going to be a church That trusts and depends Upon the motion and movement And freedom Freedom and liberty of the Holy Spirit. Come on, I feel a boldness in my spirit today. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to preach to you and I'm going to preach to me and together we're going to be shaken. Together we're going to be broken so God's spirit can flow. Because if we're really going to build a church We're not going to be able to do it with our talents and our ability and our brain power. Hey, we can build a crowd. We can sure enough build a crowd. That's easy. I know how to do that. We can build a crowd. But the kingdom of God is a spiritual endeavor. It's not an endeavor based on what I can do or you can do. But it's an endeavor based on what God is going to do. It started out in the spirit. And it cannot be finished in the flesh. What started in the Spirit cannot be finished by our ability. What God started through the power of His Holy Spirit cannot be finished because now we rise up in society and we have influence and we're successful. What began in the Spirit cannot be finished because now we move across the other side of the tracks and we're accepted in society and we drive nice cars and we have nice things. What started in the Spirit can only be finished in the Spirit. And somewhere along the way we've got to realize that everything that we've begun to trust and depend upon is faulty and will leave us short somewhere along the way we've got to say God put a hunger back in my spirit for the things of God and the things of God alone I've gotten too wrapped up in what my flesh wants Lord put a hunger in my heart for the things of the spirit again hallelujah because there are some things that only God can I said there are some things that only God can do And if God has to in order to break you, he'll take you to the place where you recognize it's beyond your control. He will take you to the place where you've tried everything and there's nothing left but to turn to God. And he'll say, okay, can you humble yourself now? Because there's some power in you to do a work. But that power in you to do a work cannot be released until the power on the outside is broken. Until the shell is dealt with and taken care of. Come on, I'm talking about a mighty God. I'm talking about miracles and supernatural things happening in our midst that cannot be explained. That when the Spirit of the Lord moves in and whoever's in charge of the service just has to surrender control to the Holy Spirit. Come on, that's what this church was built upon and that's what's going to take this church to the thousands. That's I said that's what's going to take this church to the thousands. It's going to be hungry mothers uh, and fathers uh, and young people that say, I'm going to push back the plate uh, and fast and pray because we've got to have a move of the Holy Spirit in our midst. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but I would trust in the name of the Lord our God. I want to show you something. If it works out, I want to show you a little video clip. Uh, just set it up for you right now. It's a friend of mine who uh, I was a youth pastor for a number of years. While I was youth pastor, this young man and his wife became my assistant in the youth program where we worked together in Tennessee. And uh, uh, Michael and are wonderful people, God, very faithful, very faithful in their giving and in serving the kingdom of God. And uh, they had a child, and their child was born with a disability. But God worked a miracle, and it just so happened that this miracle was chronicled by the Nashville News, Fox Channel number 17. And I want you to watch and listen to the news clip right now. In an emergency room, when a patient codes or is in full arrest, it means that there are no signs of life, no heartbeat, no breathing, nothing. Tonight, Laura is here with an amazing story involving just that.
1: Well, Scott, no one would have written the ending of this story the way it actually turned out. This is a three-year-old boy with no kidneys on whom an entire emergency department fought to keep alive for nearly two hours. Tonight, little Dylan Spencer survivor's story. Whether it's playing with cards or throwing a ball Three-and-a-half-year-old Dylan Spencer is on one hand a normal boy, but on the other, anything but My name is Dylan Dylan's amazing story began at five weeks of age, diagnosed with a rare kidney disease His kidneys filter everything out of the body, even the good stuff We were in the hospital about 12 times the first year and a half. Everyone knew Dylan would eventually need new kidneys, and in June, his kidneys were removed to prepare for the organ transplant he needs to survive. His dad is the donor.
2: I said, if at all possible, I'd like to be the one to donate, just um, for the fact that I think it's what any dad would probably do.
1: Without kidneys, dialysis is required to filter out waste until a new kidney can. His mom, Stacy, a nurse, would administer that at home. But on their way to the Vanderbilt dialysis clinic to be trained for all this, Dylan stopped breathing in Stacy's arms. It's just something you never forget when you're, when you look down at your child, you hold your child in your arms, and you look down at your child and you see him not breathing. Stacy administered CPR. Paramedics soon arrived and raced Dylan to Vanderbilt's pediatric ER.
3: He was in full arrest, so. He was not breathing, didn't have a pulse. He was in this room, laying on this bed, and this is actually where I stood.
1: While emergency workers tried to resuscitate Dylan, his kidney doctor realized his potassium level was off the charts. A normal range is 3.5 to 5.5. Dylan's was at 10.8. I've
0: never actually seen one that high.
1: Doctors realized Dylan needed blood dialysis, but his heart wasn't beating on its own. By this time, it had been about an hour since he stopped breathing. Stacy knew few people survive a code this long. Michael, who raced to the hospital from work, expected the worst.
2: I just said a simple prayer, God, if he's going to be okay, then you stabilize him now. But if not, we're willing to give him back to you. So It was two minutes after we prayed that prayer that they said we have a heartbeat.
1: Dylan did stabilize and amazingly left the hospital 11 days later more amazing he suffered no brain damage
0: miraculous truly it's an amazing outcome it just doesn't happen I definitely believe in the Lord above and the Lord was in this room and he was with Dylan the whole time Um, this divine intervention I I look forward to the day that I'll get to meet him again
1: (laughs) about a month after Dylan came into the CR with no signs of life he walks in today full of life to thank his lifesavers, The reaction is emotional. Thank
2: you for helping me.
1: Stacy and Michael Spencer were not the only ones praying their son would survive that day. Doctors, nurses and staff all prayed. That plus quick work means Dylan's life is full of promise and he can get that kidney from his father. And I really feel that that was what happened that day. I feel that God helped them perform a miracle on my child he's a cutie the kidney transplant between michael and dylan is scheduled for later this fall and we will keep you posted on dylan's progress let's give the
0: lord a hand clap of praise (laughs) not by might nor by power but by my spirit saith the lord And all of us recognize that there is a God and we have sensed his presence and recognized that the atmosphere changes and we know that God is working and that God is doing something in our midst. See, the Bible speaks of an outer man and an inner man. An outer man and an inner man. Romans chapter 7 verse 21 says, I find the law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Verse 22 For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. We have an inward man and our inward man delights in God's law and loves the law of God. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16 says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Everybody say inner man. Inner man is where the Spirit of the Lord, hallelujah, has His work. Inner man is the part of us that delights in the law of God. The inner man is the part of you that delights in worship. The inner man is the part of you that delights in prayer. The inner man is the part of you that wants to draw close to God and to worship Him. But there is tension in every human being between the flesh and the Spirit who is going to be in charge. Is it my human ability Or is it the power of God that's going to be in charge in my life? Galatians 5.17 tells us that this battle exists. The flesh lusteth against the spirit Or could I say The outer man fights against the inner man And the spirit against the flesh The inner man against the outer man The outer man fights against the inner man The inner man fights against the outer man And these are contrary one to another So that you can't do the things that you want to do There is a tension in every one of us uh, To begin to trust our, under, uh, our outer man When the power of God is resident in the inner man, we are strengthened by God's Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that has power to work. And it works through you and through me. But it does not work in our outer man. It works in the inner man. And God's Spirit works through my Spirit. Oftentimes, in, for instance, Romans chapter 8, it uses the word Spirit many times. You cannot read it for yourself. You cannot differentiate between when it is referring to human spirit and God's spirit. God intentionally did not differentiate because God's plan is for his spirit to work through our spirit. And when God's spirit works through our spirit, great things begin to happen. Let me explain to you a little more about these two parts of man for those of you who are interested. The inner man and the outer man. The inner man is the spirit wherein God dwells. There's a part of you that can sense God. There's a part of you that believes there is a God. There's a part of you that knows that there is a creator. That's the part God put inside of you when he breathed into you. Have you ever noticed? I've said this before but let me remind you again. The only people that, the the only uh, beings that have spirits are human beings animals are ruled by instinct human beings have a spirit that cries out to god anybody ever been to the zoo before it's very interesting to watch the monkeys the primates they have a lot of similar characteristics to human beings but you know one thing they don't do is they don't have church services they don't have church services they don't have worship services They don't acknowledge a higher power. They say dolphins are, some people claim, almost as intelligent as humans. And uh, they have interaction with human beings. But they don't have worship services. You know why? Because they don't have a spirit uh, in the sense of a connection with God. Human beings are unique and all those scientists would love to disprove it and say that we are uh, uh, just so smart and so developed that we have to invent this concept of God to preoccupy us. But the reality is when God created the first man, he created them different from the animals because he breathed into them the breath of life and put something inside of them that hungers after God, that God can connect with and work through and speak through. But it doesn't happen through your brain. It It doesn't happen through your intellect or your will. It happens through the spirit of the man. So the inner man and the outer man. The inner man is where the spirit of God can connect and where God can dwell within a man. Now, just to clear this up so you understand, when I say the outer man, I'm not just talking about your flesh. The flesh is a part of the outer man. But I'm also talking about our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotion. What makes up the person that you are? All of that is still your outer man. Are you still with me? Come on now. Because somebody who is not spirit-filled still is able to operate with their mind, their will, and their emotions and accomplish things and succeed in certain areas. But this is all the outer man. This is all the flesh. This is all our ability, our human ability. This is the outer man. Human reasoning and judgment and emotions. All of this is a part of the outer man. And in order for, it, for God to work through you, He doesn't just work through my mind, my will, and my emotions. But He's got to get past all that. Down to the core. Down to where the spirit is. The part that God put in me that would connect to Him. That is the inner man. We know the inner man filters through and works through our mind, will, and emotions. But our mind, will, and emotions work without the inner man being uh, ignited by the Spirit of God. So the true inner man is the Spirit of God. And the tension dwells between the inner man and the outer man. Who's going to be in control? My brain? My willpower? My emotions? My capacity for judgment? Or am I going to release and surrender to the Spirit of God that wants to take up residence in my life? Life and control and give direction and destiny and purpose to my life. That's where the tension is. I think sometimes we've oversimplified it. We talk about our flesh, our fleshly desires, our instincts. Part of us is just like an animal. Part that wants to survive and procreate. Say, well, that's the outer man. That's part of the outer man. But also your mind and your emotions and your ability to figure things out and your ability to Obtain careers and degrees and so forth. All of this is a part of the outer man as well. We said, no, that's me. No, that's what has to be broken. I said, that's what has to be broken. In order for God's will and God's spirit to flow through you. Come on, I'm telling you, people that are used mightily of God to lay hands on sick people and they recover, they don't do that because they got a strong will or because they have good judgment. They don't do that because they're smart. They do that because that all has been broken so that the spirit of God can flow through the spirit of a man and somebody's life can be impacted eternally and the work of God and the will of God can be expanded and done through the spirit of the living God. Who's going to be in control? Which is more important? So the real question, the real question is not a fight between the inner man and the outer man. The real question when we talk about the tension between the inner man and the outer man is who's going to be in control, me or God? I said, who's going to be in control, me or God? The only way God can really be in control in my life is I've got to be filled with the Spirit of God. I've got to be filled with the overflowing. i got to be filled with His Holy Spirit. Something changes when somebody is filled with the Spirit of God and they begin to speak in tongues and their life is transformed. My God, I wish somebody would feel what I'm feeling right now. That's what will change the world. It is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus getting on the inside and breaking up the outside and saying, let God's will be done in your life. And you may not have a college degree. You may not have a great career. But if you can get your flesh out of the way and let God begin to speak through your spirit, then great things can begin to happen. So we're facing a question today. Life, church, we're facing a question. Each of you individually is facing a question. What is more important, the peanut or the shell? What is more important? The gunpowder and and uh, and pellets or the plastic shell that encases them? What is it built for? What is the purpose? Is the purpose for the peanut in the shell or is the purpose for the peanut in the contents? Is it the inside or the outside that matters? hey, come on somebody, you may like the way a peanut looks and like the texture of the shell, but the only way it can benefit you is if you bust that shell and take the contents out. You can't get the contents out. There's no zipper on a peanut. There's no zipper on a banana. There's no zipper on a shotgun shell. The only way you can get to what's important is you got to break through the shell. And somewhere if God's going to do His work in our midst, we've got to let the outer man be broken. We've got to let our will be broken. we got to let our minds uh, be broken. we got to humble our pride in the presence of the Lord and say, God, let your will be done in my life, whatever it takes. Somebody praise him right now. Somebody reach out to God. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let the Spirit of the Lord raise up a standard against the enemy. God says, I'm ready when you are. I just need a spirit to work through. A spirit that's put the flesh aside. A spirit that gives me an opportunity to rule and reign and control. You know, some people, biggest the biggest barrier to God using them is they think they're so smart. The biggest barrier... To God using them is they got it all figured out. The biggest barrier to God using them is they think they've got to figure everything out. That's our man mentality. That's pride of life. That's pride of the flesh. And somewhere that's got to be broken. That's That's got to be broken in order for God to do a mighty work in somebody's life. i got to get my pride out of the way. I've got to quit thinking that i got all the answers. I've got to push out all of my uh, dependency and trust on my wisdom and my judgment and say, Spirit of the living God, if it's going to happen, it's going to be you. Purpose and power is on the inside. In my brain and my judgment and my mentality, my approach to life, and my flesh and my desires and what I want. All of this is just a packaging. The Bible says we have a treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency, but why, why is the treasure in earthen vessels? Anybody know the verse? That the excellency and the power would be of God and not of man. In other words, the pot's just a pot. You can bust it and kick it aside and put another pot. But the product is what's on the inside. Some of us need to remember and realize and understand. It's not about me. It's about God working in me. It's not about what I have or what I bring to the table. It's about what God puts inside of me that makes up the difference. Uh, Hallelujah. I've got to have his spirit. Uh, I've got to release it and let it work uh, in my life. I not understand it all, but our spirit, the inner man where the treasure lies, seems to be wrapped in a covering, wrapped in a shell like a peanut, so that it cannot easily break through the outer man, and God cannot work through us. God cannot work through me because my outer man is intact. God, How many have seen this before? Where God can't fill someone with the Holy Ghost because they want to stay in control. Uh-huh. Where God can't work in a church because they want to maintain the decorum. They want people to walk in and be impressed by how they look and how things move and flow. And so the spirit cannot move because the shell is intact. And we come together and we admire the shell. How beautiful. What a lovely texture. Look at the colors and the nuances when inside is what can satisfy when inside the shell is what can meet the needs when inside the shell is everything that a person needs to be empowered, to see miracles and great things happen. See the treasures on the inside, the treasures in the vessel. But sometimes the only way you can get the treasure out of the vessel is the vessel has to be broken. That's Come on, somebody. That's why with somebody, you got to take their pride away from them before God will fill them with the Spirit. Some people, they don't want to worship God because they'll look funny. Some people don't want to give glory to God because I'll do it in my way and in my timing. That's your outer man in control. Somewhere along the way, you got to say, Get out of my way, outer man. There's something inside of me that has all power that's able to do exceeding abundantly. Come into the presence of Jesus. She had two nice. She has a pound of spike. Very costly. She also has an ornate alabaster box. Alabaster box. That's different than a cardboard box. Alabaster box is something to be treasured. Alabaster box is carefully constructed. For beauty is an aesthetic state. something to be proud of. But in this alabaster box was the spike nerd, very costly. While this was beautiful and ornate and lovely, there's something inside that costs a year's wages. Something inside that is so valuable. And Mary has to make a decision as she comes to Jesus to sit at His feet and anoint Him. She has to decide, do I want the shell intact or do I want the contents to flow? Do I want the shell to remain in its current condition or do I want the real thing to begin to flow? The whole purpose for coming here is not to show off my box. But my purpose in coming here is to pour out my worship and praise and my love on the feet of the master and she realized that as long as the box is intact the anointing will not flow the ointment will not come until there's a breaking and I'm telling you I'm telling you sometimes God pushes us to the edge and we wonder what's going on why does it hurt why am I going through what I'm going through what you don't understand is dry, God is trying to extract the most powerful thing in the world out of you, which is His Spirit working through your spirit. And we resist and we tell Him to stop and we try to pray our way out of it. But in the meantime, God's just trying to break through our shell, break through our outer man, break through our judgment mentality and wisdom and say there's something in there that's more powerful than anything your brain can produce. There's something inside of there that can change more lives than anything that you have in your ability and strength a treasure a treasure what if Mary had valued the box more than the contents what if Mary had been prouder of the box than the oint I promise you you wouldn't read about her in scripture you wouldn't read about this story because the Bible says Jesus declared after Judas said what a waste to pour out this very expensive ointment that could be sold to feed poor people Jesus said, no, it's not a waste. In fact, whenever people talk about worship, from now on, they're going to refer to this lady who came into the presence of the Lord and broke the box. The ointment could not be released until the box was broken and an unbroken outer man keeps God's spirit from working. When I'm proud of my wisdom and my insight and my cleverness and my problem solving skills and my earning power and my gifts when all of that is in place and no spirit can flow but when it is broken. See the Bible says unless a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die We cannot grow until its shell Its shell is broken And for you God's purpose in your life Will ever remain unfulfilled and unaccomplished Until the shell, the outer man is broken God is trying to break through God is trying to break the outer man So that the inner man can come forth And when someone receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost It is a beautiful, beautiful experience See, people say, tell me all about the Holy Ghost. Uh, tell me how it works. Uh, tell me how it, it, it functions on the inside. Tell me all about it. Uh, and I say, you won't receive the Holy Spirit that way. You can't figure it out. You can't reason it all out. You can't get all the ins and the outs of the equation because you're trying to use the outer man to understand the inner man. Hallelujah. The spirit things of the Spirit are not carnally discerned. You don't figure it out because of your degree in college. You can't figure out the Holy Ghost because of how much you learn. But the Holy Ghost is a work of the Spirit that can only happen when you push aside the flesh and yield it to the living God. Somebody said, why do they speak in tongues? Why do they speak in tongues? Why did God make it that they would be required to speak in tongues? And the Bible says that the tongue is the most difficult member of the body to control. And so if you can yield your tongue, you've yielded everything. Come on now. When it comes to the outer man, you can't beat the tongue. When it comes to the outer man, it's the chief means of expressing all your stuff you're proud of up in your brain. It's my tongue that lets it be known how proud I am of myself and how much I know. And God says when the shell is broken, when the shell is broken, out comes the tongue. When the shell is broken, the tongue begins to move as evidence that the spirit is taking up residence in a person's life. Why is it... That dignified people begin to shake when the Spirit of God begins to move? Why is it uh, that educated people begin to cry and shake uh, when the Spirit of the Lord begins to move? Uh, why is it uh, that successful, well-respected people come into the house of the Lord and when the Spirit of the Lord begins to move, they do this number right here? That doesn't make sense. Uh, that doesn't equate uh, when you look at it from the terms of the outer man. But something is being broken. so the spirit of the Lord can work so God can do what he wants to my unbroken outer man keeps God's spirit from working in me and there's this constant tension me trying to put it back together again look what we've done look how we've succeeded look how my life is lined out God says let it be broken broken and I understand the value of what's inside. Of you see, some of you are going through some things and you don't understand why. God, why haven't you answered the prayer yet? Why haven't you stepped through? Why haven't you stepped in? Why haven't you made the difference yet? I know you got the power. God says, you don't understand what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to break through that shell. Because there's something the world needs on the inside. It's my spirit working through your spirit. It's God's supernatural power being released through human beings. That's how God said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to work through people. I'm going to work through people with eyeballs and nostrils and nose hairs and teeth and ears and ear hairs I'm going to work through normal individuals who finally let their shell be broken the outer man be broken so the spirit of God can work through what's God doing in your life what's God doing in my life he's preparing me for works of the spirit and he can't do it until I get out of the way so God help me understand help me realize help me endure the pressure and recognize that you don't hate me but that you love me. That you're not trying to destroy me but you're trying to use me. That you're not trying to end my life but you're trying to begin my ministry. Help me realize God that I can't serve until I get myself out of the way and let God's spirit flow through me. Because end time revival is not going to happen because I'm a good speaker. End time revival is not going to happen because you're bright and you can organize your ministry. But end time revival happens when God's spirit begins to move through a human spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 8 verse 4 says, The righteousness of the law will be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Be fulfilled in people who rather than minding, Verse 5 says, for they that are after the flesh or the outer man do mind the things of the flesh or the outer man. But they that are after the spirit mind the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded or outward man minded is death. But to be spiritually minded, which is God in control minded, is life and The Bible says very clearly here that if we mind the things of the flesh, if we follow after the flesh and mind the things of the flesh, we're after the flesh. We're pursuing it. But those that are pursuing the spirit, mind the things of the spirit. You're either minding the outer man or you're minding the inner man. You're either minding your flesh and your intellect and your abilities and your success or you're minding what God wants to do in your life and how He's going to do it in your life. See, the scripture here says minding the things. What does that mean? It means to be attentive to, to be attentive to. Those that are after the flesh, how do you tell them? They're very attentive to the outer man. But those that mind the things of the Spirit are very attentive to the things of the Spirit. Very attentive, let me give you an example here that 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 I believe you cannot be attentive to the things of the flesh and attentive to the things of the spirit at the same time. I don't believe you can be minding both at the same time if you don't do that let, let me let me uh, uh let me uh give you a job to do Let me give you a very important job that will require a lot of your mental focus and energy. maybe it is balancing your checkbook. I want to give you that job. But I also want you to watch Brooklyn, my three-year-old, at the same time. I want you to mind her and I want you to mind your finances at the same time you cannot be attentive to both because being attentive if you have a two year old a three year old they're a little easier to manage sometimes but a two year old you've got to watch them at all times amen parents you've got to be attentive to them you've got to mind them you've got to focus on them because if you don't you can't have divided attention and expect to be able to mind a two year old the the same is true. That's why life church, uh, we got to be careful because uh, we'll become worldly minded. We'll become carnally minded and fleshly minded if we're not careful instead of minding the things of the Spirit. Amen. Let me just preach to you right now. You know what? One of the worst things that can happen when you watch television, one of the worst things that can happen when you watch television is you're not attentive to the things of the Spirit you become attentive to the things of the flesh. Come on, that's just one example. That's just one example of many. And that's the problem, is you cannot be attentive to the things of the Spirit while feasting on the things of the flesh. That's why a lot of the things that we believe and preach and have taught over the years about staying connected to God and staying separated unto God for His purpose and His will to be accomplished in our life, uh, there's a reason behind it. uh, Because uh, if we become focused and attentive on the things of this world... See, i got to be careful because I love sports. And I can't mind the Lakers and mind God's Spirit at the same time. I can't mind the things of this world and mind the things of the Spirit. Why? Because there's a tension. There's a warfare. There's a tug of war going on. And in the meantime, God says, I want to use you. And I want to use Life Church." If you can realize that if you would focus on the things of the Spirit, if you would focus on the power of God, that great things could happen. I'm talking to some young people. That God wants to use. I'm talking to families that God wants to use. God wants to let his spirit be released through you. And through your life. But he's crying out to us. Hallelujah. I don't want to mind the outer man. But I want to mind the inner man. As a church we're not looking for what we can do. But we're looking for what God can do. It's not by might nor by power. The apostle Paul said, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. This battle and warfare that we experience right now, I don't have enough giftedness. Willpower and intuitiveness and people skills to manage the minefield that the enemy is setting up. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is a battle that can only be won through the Spirit. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I don't come to you with wisdom and enticing words, but in demonstration of the Spirit and in power. Because I came to you in weakness and in fear and with much trembling. I didn't come with an arrogant shell. I didn't come with all the answers. I came with weakness and in fear. And my speech was not enticing words. But I came expecting the demonstration and the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's what I'm here today. That's why I'm here today. That's why you're here today. Because we're believing that God can move and God can work and God can demonstrate His power hallelujah hallelujah why don't we stand together right now hallelujah come on that's it hallelujah it's good news it's good news we're standing up that means he's about done hallelujah 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 experience the tug of war and the tension you may not realize it or recognize it but it's happening you begin to pursue the things of the spirit prayer becomes delicious his presence becomes precious being close to him is all that matters Spending time in His presence is a passion for you. And so you organize priorities and push aside things and create a focus that allows your relationship with Him and His Spirit working through you to be a priority. And then the cares of life come in. first, you fight it. But there's the tension. And we miss the place of prayer. And we come to church and just go through the motions. Ah, oh, yeah, we know when to stand up. We know when to say hallelujah. We know when to clap our hands, but that's not that soul pursuit, that part of you that loves Jesus is being encapsulated again by all of the things that you've got to do and all the reasoning that you're doing and all the responsibilities and the pressures of life and entertainment said entertainment other focuses ourselves struggling with temptation. We find ourselves fighting battles that we won a long time ago. We find ourselves being pulled into compromising situations. We we find ourselves looking and listening and, and involving ourselves in things that would have been so uncomfortable just a few short months ago because the flesh is pulled my outer man and our way of thinking is changing and our reasoning is changing and things that used to make sense don't make sense anymore and sacrifices that used to make sense don't make sense anymore (laughs) and passions that used to make sense don't make sense anymore and we look back at those against the other wall the other end of the tension and all we can do is say what's wrong with them Maybe even mock them but the spirit of the Lord has come some of you are up against this wall right now Some of you are fighting for your very life Fighting for your very spiritual survival Yeah, you believe in Jesus Yeah, yeah, you, you, you feel like you trust in God But if you be honest with God You realize you're backed up against this wall You're about to fall off the edge But somewhere Somewhere the Holy Ghost is calling Somewhere the Spirit of the Lord is saying Wake up Wake up Wake up and realize That this is a waste That your outer man's value perisheth It only lasts for a little while In the meantime the Spirit of the Lord is calling In the meantime the living God is calling To His people And saying I want to release anointing through you I want to release revival through you I want to release supernatural power To flow through your vessel To flow through your spirit But I'm saying you got to cut them off you got to divorce yourself From those things that are pulling you away from God And taking your time and your attention And your focus And somewhere you need to get your focus back You need to get your intent You need to, come on You need to mind the things of the spirit You need to pursue after the things of the mind the things of the spirit mind the things of the spirit hallelujah the altar is open right now hallelujah this altar is open right now hallelujah on a Sunday afternoon I'm inviting you those of you that understand what we have said today and what the spirit of the Lord has spoken to us today through this vessel for your family and for your life for your ministry for your calling I want you to come forward right now. What I'm asking you to do today is I'm asking you to mind the things of the Spirit. Come on, it's time to pay some attention right now to the things of the Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would help me, Lord God. Help me recognize and realize, Jesus, what you're doing in me, what you're doing in life, Church, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. The battle's not ours, the battle's the Lord's. Hallelujah. God help me Jesus help me Lord God I want to pursue after righteousness pursue after your purity and your presence and your sweet Holy Spirit come on that's it. just let the shell break right now there may be some in the house today that have never experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit you can experience that right now that is the most phenomenal and awesome experience that you'll ever have in your life is surrendering control of who you are and what you think to the Spirit of God and letting Him begin to establish priorities and establish His purpose in your life come on, that's it. just reach out to the Lord I feel the Holy Spirit here right now I feel hunger in this house come on, that's it there are any people that are hungry for God's will and purpose to be done in your life Spirit begin when to flow. The Spirit of the Lord, just move and flow. Those of you that need to go, you're dismissed in Jesus' name. Thank you for being here. Let's just allow this to continue to be an altar. God's presence can flow.